Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I'm a little giddy right now. Uh, who wouldn't be giddy? Who? I mean, this is the weekend that we celebrate the sanctity of human life here in the United States. It's Sanctity of Life Month. It's Sanctity of Life Weekend. Of course, January 22nd has become Sanctity of Life Day because for the past 49 years, every January 22nd, we in the... Uh, in the pro-life community were, uh, may, I, I hate to say forced, but we were forced, basically, <laughs> to acknowledge the fact that Roe versus Wade had been the law of the land. And when the Bottom Line Show signed on September 19, 2011, we made it one of our goals to see that Roe versus Wade was overturned during the life of this program. And mercifully, uh, here we are in our 12th year. Uh, this Sunday, January 22nd, marks the 50th anniversary of the signing or the passage of uh, Roe versus Wade at the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, basically, what the Supreme Court did that day in a 7-2 to two ruling, all men, by the way, a feminist would just have a fit knowing that it was all men deciding what a woman could do with her body. But basically what happened is the Supreme Court ruled based on a couple of different, you know, a little bit of First Amendment, side order of 14th Amendment. They kind of invented a constitutional right to privacy regarding a woman and her health decisions, especially as it pertained to abortion. And that was interpreted by many lawmakers and courts as there's a federal covering for women who want to kill their children in the womb. And it's interesting how nonchalant a lot of people were about it and other people were pretty red-hot, fiery mad. The nonchalant part is the people who are like, okay, well, you know, it's not really a kid, so we'll just eliminate the baby or the fetus or the and the pregnancy and everybody's fine. But people who understood that this is actually, you know, a human being we're talking about were incensed and horrified. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I mean, I was like 11 years old when this bill passed. But the first real reference I had, frame of reference I had, uh, was presented to me just a couple of years ago, not that I was oblivious to abortion, but to how nonchalant people were about it. There's a movie uh, the Zucker the Abrams and Zucker brothers put together. It was a spoof on all the uh, tragedy movies that were, you know, the, the, there's a, an airplane that's in distress or there's a hotel that's about to burn and fall. Remember the movie Airplane? It, it's really politically incorrect these days, and parts of it are just, completely wrong there there's some things looking at it through the eyes of a high school senior i was like ah, oh, that's kind of funny <laughs> but now i look at it and say oh my gosh this is horrifyingly bad with the way people with different needs are treated people with terminal illnesses are treated um you know just gratuitous sexual references it's just it's terrible but there's actually a bit in the movie airplane where it starts out kind of funny. The, the, it's the whole thing about parking at an airport. I think they shot this at LAX. And they talk about the white zone is for the unloading and unloading of passengers. There's no parking in the red zone. And then it's a male voice making that announcement. Then a female voice gets on and starts contradicting him. And it's actually kind of funny. And then the whole bit goes sideways because the female voice over starts talking about the fact that, well, you're just mad at me because I wouldn't get an abortion. And... and all of a sudden, it's like 30, 45 seconds of abortion humor. How is abortion funny? But that's kind of the casual attitude that our culture has taken. And unfortunately, those who fought for the sanctity of human life 
uh, were often branded as anti-abortion zealots and anti-women's rights. And remember, federal racketeering laws were established to keep many of the pro-life advocates, pro-life action league, American life league, et cetera, et cetera, who were kind of at the forefront of this from standing in front of abortion clinics and praying. You know, the, the, the legislative mentality at the time was if you block this abortion clinic, then you are preventing them from conducting, engaging in their legal and morally responsible business. And therefore, this is the same as the mob coming in and saying, we're going to shut down this restaurant because they won't do business with us. And so the RICO standards for federal racketeering started being applied to pro-life advocates. Now, granted, there were some pro-life advocates who were pretty hostile, (laughs) pretty uh, aggressive. Uh, There were cases where abortion clinics were uh, targeted for violence and some abortionists were even killed. But when you compare the left and the progressive mentality and the attacks on the pro-life community, and especially in all of a sudden the leak earlier in 2022 when it appeared that Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned, and all of a sudden there have been over 100 different incidences or incidents of firebombings of pregnancy resource centers. I'm talking about places like preborn clinics, you know, where the crime, quote-unquote, that they're committing is that a woman who has a pregnancy, and in many cases it's, it's unplanned, um, sometimes it's the result of a sexual assault, but the vast majority of women who go either to abortion clinics or pregnancy health care centers are going there because they were using protection, they got pregnant, they didn't think they could get pregnant, they were using the rhythm method or whatever they were, and now they are looking at a positive pregnancy test and wondering what to do. The culture will tell you, well, here's the thing, young woman, if you don't want to have that child then, or you don't want to be a mom, then we terminate the pregnancy. So you can get pregnant when you want to get pregnant. Not telling her that terminating the pregnancy means you're killing the child. You're ending the child's life. The pregnancy health care center, like preborn, for example, you go in and you schedule an ultrasound. And by the way, your tax deductible donations make that ultrasound possible. Your, your $28 gift to preborn right now at 833-850-BABY will save another life. Because a woman can go in and get a pregnancy test, get an ultrasound. She can hear the heartbeat. She can see the baby. Uh, through the camera lens, uh, basically you can pick up the heartbeat anytime after five or six weeks of gestation and going in for an ultrasound even in the first trimester, you can see that baby starting to take shape, starting to form. And you know, to those who say, well, the kid's not viable, trust me. I have a 12-year-old granddaughter who's not capable of taking care of herself without her parents. I mean, obviously she can read and write and speak and sleep and dress herself and I mean that type of thing but when you when the left starts talking about viability right now we're being told by psychologists that the age of adolescence ends at 27 so please don't hand me a thing about a 10 week or 15 or 20 week gestation baby not being viable but a 14 year old kid is I mean come on let's get some common sense here but the reality is a woman goes into a preborn pregnancy health center and she sees that image on the screen, and then she's basically confronted with three propositions. Proposition number one, congratulations, you're a mom. And what do we need, what can we do to help you with housing or you know, finding a job or getting health care? Uh, that's what we're here to do, recommendations. Number two, you can end the pregnancy. 
And if you end the pregnancy, they will tell you, look, here's what's happening. This is the process by which the baby's life will end so you're no longer pregnant. The only way you end a pregnancy is with a live birth. So when the left says, oh, we, you want to terminate your pregnancy, you, you have to acknowledge that the pregnancy ends, excuse me, one of two ways, either with a live birth or with a stillbirth. So, I mean, that, that, those are your two options on that side. But then there's a third option, and that's adoption. And adoption is a fantastic option. It's a wonderful option. Hundreds of thousands of kids, millions of people walking the planet right now, adopted into families that wanted them, that have loved them. Some adoption stories can go a little sideways. Some foster stories can as well, but many and most adoption stories are wonderful. And that's why today here on Sanctity of Life Day, this Sunday in pulpits all across the country, you're going to see two different schools of thought. The big March for Life happened uh, today in Washington, D.C., and it's the first March for Life that ever happened post Roe versus Wade, because on January, or June 24th of 2022, Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey were overturned. The Dobbs versus Jackson case in Mississippi was upheld, and federal laws mandating abortions in all 50 states and the District of Columbia went away. Now, that's good news, but the not-so-good news is there are still abortion laws on the state level, on the books, in at least half of the U.S., and later on in the program, I'm going to look at the international story with regard to abortion and find out where the U.S. ranks. I'll give you a hint. It's not a good place to be if you're looking for abortion, uh, well, if you're looking for protections against abortion, if you're looking for protections for the child as well as for the mother. And we'll put that link up. Our friends at Family Research Council have made that available to us. And we'll talk about that uh, later on in the broadcast today. Uh, the link's up at thebottomlineshow.com. But please bear in mind that today here on Sanctity of Life Day, my goal is for us to save 1,000 kids through a donation to Preborn, 833-850-BABY. It's $28 to make a donation to save one child's life. 140 saves five. 280 saves 10. 2,800 saves 100. And there are two ways we can go about doing this. Either you make a donation over the phone, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or you go to kbrightradio.com and click on the banner for preborn and make a donation there. It's completely tax deductible. And statistically, 83% of the women who see an ultrasound of their child before making a decision as to whether or not to abort the child or to become a parent, when they hear all three options after seeing the uh, ultrasound image, 83% of the women who have the ultrasound done choose life for their child. It's a beautiful exchange. Now, if you feel led to donate an entire ultrasound machine, and last year, Preborn donated dozens of these. As a matter of fact, bottom line listeners raised enough money to, to donate six ultrasound machines to health clinics all up and down the West Coast. It's $15,000 for one ultrasound machine. But that $15,000 donation, if you're into amortization and breaking things down, pull out your calculator. $15,000 investment. The average ultrasound machine can perform 250 ultrasounds every year. The t average ultrasound machine lasts a minimum of 10 years. So that 250 becomes 2,500 ultrasounds performed. Now divide 2,500 into 15,000 and you find out what a great investment this is. Maybe for your business or maybe get your Bible study, your small group together. Maybe your church wants to make that donation. I wholeheartedly encourage it. 833-850-BABY is the number to call for preborn. 833-850-2229. Let's celebrate uh, Sanctity of Human Life Day 
by making uh, donations to this outstanding organization. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and you can follow the prompts there. As we continue, we're going to have some fun. Uh, I have been a huge fan of country music and bluegrass music for quite some time, and one of my favorite all-time groups is Allison Krauss and Union Station. She's got that angelic voice. My good friend Wayne Rice at the Bluegrass Connection in North County, San Diego, or East County. Uh, we've had many a conversation about Allison's presence, and one of the guys who holds that band together is a guy by the name of Ron Block. Ron's a guitarist. He's a singer-songwriter. He plays banjo par excellence. He's the guy who's got kind of a thinning hairline and the wire rim glasses, if you've ever seen the videos. Ron is a very, very solid Christian, uh, just a deep man of faith, and he's written a book about his journey. Uh, and it's something that he uh, really is, is passionate about and sharing with people who follow his music. The book is called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. really delves into the humanity of Christ and uh, the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and today we are giving away three copies of Ron Block's book, Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. So keep our number handy at 800-227-5278, and keep it right here. Ron Block joins me next as The Bottom Line continues. Hey, if you're in the baby boom generation or in Generation X, even if you're in the greatest generation, and you're wondering why your pension isn't holding up, you're wondering why your 401k or IRA is about to fall apart, I want to invite you to a special free event that will answer all those questions and help you redirect your financial footing. Are you interested? Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services is hosting a free screening of the outstanding new documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's an expose of the pension and retirement fund system and basically helps you to avoid the pitfalls that many Americans make when they're investing their money into long-term savings for their retirement. The tickets are free. The screening is coming up on January 21st at 1130 a.m. at the Gem Theater right here in Garden Grove. But here's the catch. You have to call Wilson Financial to reserve your tickets while they're still available. There are at least 50 seats left for this 100-seat intimate screening, and I want you to have them. Call Dennis right now at 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or drop us a line here at The Bottom Line Show and Bright Radio, 800-227-5278. Make your plans to be with us on January 21st, Saturday, 1130 a.m. at the Gem Theater in Garden Grove to watch Dennis Wilson and the presentation of the Baby Boomer Delivery. Lemma. It's going to save your retirement for sure. Well, a special day today here on the Bottom Line Show. Very special guest joining me here uh, to have a conversation about a brand new uh, a devotional book. It's a it's a powerful read, and it comes from a guy who is a deep well when it comes to his faith, but also his musical ability too. Ron Block is a member of the Grammy Award-winning group Allison Krauss and Union Station. Uh, it's really easy to spot Ron. He's usually the guy over in the corner making all these amazing contributions to the band, but everybody focuses on Allison while she's singing. So it's kind of <laughs> it's a great gig for Ron. Ron Block, welcome to the Bottom Line Show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Roger. How did you guys connect? I mean, because I I know that there's a Jerry Douglas kind of got grafted in a little bit later, but how did Union Station get started? When did Allison come along? How long have you been a part of it? Give, give us the background. If you well, know. when you know when we, when you play bluegrass, this is the great thing about bluegrass. There's a jamming culture, mm -hmm. so so it's just part of the culture. To everybody goes to the festivals, and when you're young. You, you go to the festival and when you're old, doesn't matter how old you are, you go to the festival and you watch the music and then you 
you might find a jam and go, hey, there's nobody playing banjo. I'm going to get out my banjo. And so there's this commonality of material of songs that everybody pretty much knows. And so you can jam with people you'd never right. even met. So that's mm -hmm. what happened over the course of time. I started, uh, you know, being I was in a local band, then a regional band, and I started crossing paths with Allison and Barry Bales and and uh, uh, Dan Tominski, Tim Stafford, Adam Steffi, these guys that would eventually all play together in this band. They were all we were all in different bands. So yeah. we'd meet up. And, and the thing is, if you're just friendly and you and if you if somebody plays well and you don't have a competitive attitude, you just right. You go, man, you guys were awesome. I loved your set. And you go up and tell them, then they might go, oh, we loved your set too. Why don't you come over to the hotel and we'll jam later, you know, kind of mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm, That's yeah. what happened. It was just foment of, of just jamming culture and just being friendly. And now they call it networking and people often do it intentionally. But mm -hmm. like it, none of it was intentional on our part. We were just being friendly and having fun picking. You know, I love how, how, how organic that was. Now, people would assume, obviously, Ron Block is based in the Nashville area, which you are. But what yeah. a lot of people don't know is that you got that kind of bluegrass bug when you were living in Torrance. Did I read that, that correctly? Was, that Talk is, about your, your California roots for our KCDC. <laughs> well, I grew up there. I grew up in Southern California till I was seven. And then I'm my mom and I and the rest of our family uh, moved to Northern Cal. And then I moved back down when I was about 13. And that's when I saw the banjo. I was already playing guitar since I was mm -hmm. 11. And so I saw uh, Lester Flat on television. And I basically went, Dad, I want a banjo. Can I get a banjo? Will you get me a banjo? When are you going to give me a banjo? <laughs> so it was just, and he says, so he owned, my dad owned, used to own a music store. And uh, so he had access to all that. And so he got me a banjo. Of course, later he said, I got you a banjo when you were 13 and you didn't come out of your room till you were 21, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of true. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just basically, I was either reading or I was playing. Most of the time I was playing or I had to go to school or I had to work at my dad's music store. So, uh -huh. you know, the, I balanced all those things, but, uh, but yeah, no, I got, I got, uh, and then I found the, you know, the festival culture when I was about probably 15, my dad dropped me off at festivals and I'd be there for the day and I'd jam with people. And, uh, and that became my whole life really, mm. uh, after about 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ron Block. Ron Block is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. Ron is the banjoist and guitarist and uh, singer songwriter. Involved. Well, do you do? I mean, you guys all vocalize, and the, the the harmonies are just fantastic. Is it easy easier to sing with someone like Allison, who just has that kind of pure angelic uh, sound, or is it tougher because if anybody sounds out of whack with what she's doing, then you know it's it's lapsed around the building after the yeah. Concert. Yeah, I pretty much know if if something's out of tune, it's likely to be me. <laughs> but you know, it's easy. It's easy though with a great somebody leading like that in my vocal mix, like in my ears. Lots of times, I'll have her the loudest, and then Dan will be just a little bit under me in volume, and then I'm the lower part. Okay. So Dan Dan sings just under Allison. So Allison is great to sing with that way and blend with. She just has such a beautiful voice. It's it's really fun to sing with her. Yeah. Ron Block is the uh, member of uh, Allison Krause and Union Station, multi uh, Grammy award winning, uh, how, 14, 15, how many? I, I lost count after a while, you guys. We're winning so many of these bluegrass awards. <laughs> well, I have 14. Okay, wow. So I think Allison has whatever, 27, 28. I don't even mm -hmm. know anymore. Like, yeah. 
it's skyrocketed it's amazing though but what's what's it like between let's say the first grammy award for ron block and the 12th or whatever i mean does it does it get (laughs) i mean does it does it get does it get routine no you know the the great the great thing is like of course like i'm always about did did i play well Mm -hmm. so for me like awards are secondary but you know, you've worked together as a band and you've sat and you've sat in the studio for literally hundreds of hours and you've made this album, putting all your heart into it. So, yeah, when you get recognized for it, it's it, and you're together, especially when you're together as a band right. and you and you go get that award. It's really kind of a wonderful feeling. And then the other great thing is I can call my dad and say, I got another Grammy, dad. <laughs> <laughs> and remember all that time when I was playing that banjo? Give me a banjo, give that's, me a banjo. That's paying right. off. That's it's right. Paying off. Yeah. Well, Ron, I, I selfishly, uh, bottom line listeners know I'm a music geek. And, <laughs> and the fact that I've, I've been following you on Facebook for a good couple of years now, and there's nothing quite like opening up that social media site and seeing Ron Block is doing something live and you get all excited. And then you pull out a 120 year old Martin guitar and play Amazing Grace or something like that. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there weeping because it sounds so beautiful. It sounds so great. great, great. How many guitars, you did write a book and we are gonna talk about the book, I promise. <laughs> but I just have to ask you one more music question. Uh, how many guitars do you have? I mean, what what's the right fit, right feel? I mean, I, I, I talked to some musicians, well, heck, George Barna, has, he's a bass player and he's got 25 basses in his office. I'm like, yeah, why do you have yeah. so many? I have two, you know, but, yeah. but how do you determine the instruments that you're looking for? Do they find you? They've kind of found me in a way like I, you know, I'd often uh, I haven't bought any for quite a quite a while now. You know, I just have I haven't I feel like I have enough. I have I have I have one killer 65 Strat. I have one mm-hmm. nice. killer 63 Telecaster. I, You know, it's like I've so I've tried to find one or two of some of the major things that I would need if I was recording. So mm-hmm. um, lots of the instruments have found me. The, really, the first one that found me was a friend of mine brought uh, that 30, the, the guitar you're talking about is a mm-hmm. 1938 Martin D28 Herringbone. And he brought it to me in early, like 2001, 2002. And, and I was like, I tried it against the guitars I had, which were all good guitars. Yeah. And it's it just sounded three dimensional, and they mm. all of a sudden they sounded two dimensional. It was wow. it, it just is a wow. it's like a p playing a piano, but it's a guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. a gorgeous instrument. It, it well, you could see how how mesmerized I was. I made it you know fifty years older than it actually is, but but nonetheless, <laughs> there's there's got to. I mean, now I want to segue kind of into the faith journey here too because it's one thing to have a vintage instrument like that to have the knowledge to have the technical expertise that you have and you've been rewarded for it of course with record sales and tours and and grammy awards and things like that but then there's the spiritual component of you know playing songs like older hymns or whatever it is for the the glory of the lord how did ron block musician also become ron block evangelist man of god well, my mom uh, was, she had a really hard childhood. And uh, so, and she didn't find Christ until I was probably two years old. And so my two older brothers kind of, I think, grew up with a different, a little bit different mom. So the mom yeah. that I grew up with was like, I grew up in her love. Like I could, you know, she finally found in 1966 how much she was loved by her real father 
right? Mm, her mm -hmm, God, mm -hmm. her father. So I think it just kind of exploded her internal world and she poured out all that love on me. And, uh, and so I grew up in that. So that was always a component, like the, the Christian life, the Bible, uh, the family Bible library by Thomas Nelson, you know, mm -hmm. like I had, I had all, I was reading and reading ever, ever since I was small. So by the time I started playing music, the, all those old hymns and all that stuff from being in the Baptist church, that was all in my head. Mm. And, and so I found pretty early on when I was learning guitar and I'd been playing for about four years, I found pretty early that I could play and play with feeling and and that people would listen and be and they would be moved by it by it. because what i would do is i would when i'm playing the guitar on a hymn i think about the words yes yes right so yeah. so so yeah. i think you know just, just when i'm playing i think just as i am without one plea but that mm -hmm. thy blood was shed for me and so i'm playing mm -hmm. that and I'm not just playing notes or just trying to be interesting or whatever, or just playing a melody. I'm actually thinking of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's going. That's what's going on. So. I love that. It's it's a great, and it's very obvious in the in the way you're playing and the, and the songs that you're playing too. Ron Block from Allison Krauss and Union Station, my guest today here on the Bottom Line. We're talking about a brand new devotional book of his uh, that came out not too long ago. It's called Abiding Dependence. Living moment by moment in the love of God. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I promise you we will get to the conversation about the book <laughs> on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues in just a moment. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Cover Law used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're celebrating Good News Friday today. Uh, first of all, because it's the first Sanctity of Life Day that we've celebrated post Roe versus Wade. So make your best donation to Preborn today to celebrate that fact. And also enjoying a great conversation with Ron Block, the guitarist and banjoist from Allison Krauss and Union Station. He's got a brand new devotional book out called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. If you've enjoyed the first half of our conversation today, you're going to want a copy of this book. It's a great devotional. And we've got three copies to give away right now. Uh, give Crystal a call at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Ron Block of Union Station, uh, we're talking about the abiding dependence that we have in our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. 
One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. KBrightRadio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Ron Block is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. 14-time Grammy Award-winning guitarist, banjo player, uh, and backing support vocals. Uh, I think Max Licato one time said the toughest instrument to play in an orchestra is second fiddle. And I think the toughest, <laughs> the toughest thing to do, I mean, there are certain backing vocalists. I, I give you guys a lot of credit, you and Dan Tominski, especially because every time I hear Vince Gill harmonizing with someone, I'm like, how do you do that? I mean, <laughs> if you're not blood relatives, it's not natural to have yeah. voices blend like that, but you, yeah. you're a great singer too. Uh, Ron's brand new book, devotional book called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ron, uh, what you're a good writer, obviously. I mean, music, lyric, uh, you're very, uh, very well spoken. What was the genesis behind saying, gosh, you know, after 40 years being on the road, being a professional musician, I really feel led to write a devotional book. What was the, the genesis behind that? Well, I've written, you know, my, my strongest component in high school was writing, was English, because I'm a reader. I've been a real lifelong reader. So I, I, I've always loved writing, and I've, uh, on and off, I've journaled. And I've, uh, since the 90s, when I really began digging into what it means to have our identity in Christ, since then, I've been, like, right, just writing as a revelatory exercise. Lots of times I'll go, I'll have a thought and I'll go, oh, I wonder where this leads. And I'll start writing and I'll go, oh yeah, that Bible verse, let me look that up. And then I'll go, oh yeah, well, that reminds me of something C.S. Lewis said. And then, so this thing becomes revelatory. Well, in, in the early, or like 2007 or eight, I forget, Andrew Peterson, who's a musician, a uh, yes. great, great musician, songwriter, writer, I mean, just amazing guy. Uh, he started a site called The Rabbit Room, and he asked me to be a charter writer for The Rabbit Room. And so I wow. began writing on sort of mostly theological, but sometimes musical topics. So it gave me a lot of practice. Yeah. I mean, a lot oh, of practice. Yeah. And then and then the other thing was writing things on Facebook and having discussions in writing where I found what worked and what didn't. And I found that you had to like do things like take emotional hot words out of the sentence and mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. things are gonna, that are gonna pique somebody and get them angry or whatever. You, like, you have to like, be careful about the words you say if you want to get your point across. So you wanna take the unadulterated truth and say it 
as uh, kindly and gently as possible and just put it out there. Yeah. So that's, I, that's I, what I, I tried to do in the devotional is just take the truth of as I, as I know it at this point and just hand it out there as gently as possible to people. I've always appreciated your social media posts, Ron Block, because of, and people can follow you on Facebook, Instagram, all the different uh, pl platforms, or you just pretty yeah. much stick to one or two? No, I'm uh, okay. Instagram, mostly Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put those links up at the bottom line show.com. So our listeners can, can read along with you as well as, uh, you know, kind of follow along what's happening musically. Uh, I appreciate the fact that, you know, we've lived in such a drive by culture. I mean, to use that Rush Limbaugh phrase, but it seems <laughs> like, you know, that's the nature of social media is you put up a, put up a meme, you know, right. set off the stink bomb and then on your way you go and other people sit there and, you know, uh, surround with it. The yeah. fact that you've now put some of your writings to, uh, you know, to bound form here in the book, Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God, and we've got a link for that devotional book up at thebottomlineshow.com, it gives us a chance. I mean, listeners who are just tuning in for the first time going, oh my gosh, that's that guy from Allison Krauss and Union Station. I had no idea he, you know, I, I was a great player, you know, and I love his music, but there's so much more to, you know, your life, obviously, there's a lot of depth to it. And I would imagine that people are reading this devotional book and saying, man, I, there's something about this that's different than other devotional books. What are, what are you hearing from your readers? Uh, that that it, it gives a, a deeper understanding of who Jesus is and what he came here to do. That's one of the biggest aspects of what I wrote was the, the, there's so much focus. You know, we say Jesus is fully God and fully man. Right. But what we really mean is Jesus is fully God and partially man mm. most of the time. We don't really believe that he lived just like we have to live. We think that he lived and he was the son of God and that he kind of knew everything and what everyone was thinking and he knew everything that was going to happen and he never was afraid and he never, that we really kind of think that because we assume that he kept on those attributes of being the son of God, but he put those aside, says Philippians. He put those divine attributes like he was no longer uh, omnipresent. He was localized in a human body. So he's, mm -hmm. he's no longer omnipresent. He was no longer omniscient because there are several instances in the gospels, uh, you know, most importantly, probably Garden of Gethsemane, where he said, if it be possible, take this cup from me. So mm, he point. did not know if it was possible, and then uh, he was no longer he was no longer uh, acting from his omnipotence because he had to sleep. He got weak when he was hungry, when he fasted. Like he was a human being, so he had to live as we do. So you see him experience all kinds of strong emotions in the Gospels and be fully human, and that's why he's our compassionate high priest because he can say, I understand exactly what you feel. I understand mm -hmm. exactly what you're going through. Yeah, and that's and, and su it, super important. Well, in addition to taking on the, the sin of the world, taking on the humanity and understanding that and, and, and knowing now that we have someone, the man of sorrows acquaint, acquainted with grief, you know, who's yep. grieving right along with us during those challenging times. Ron Block of Union Station is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Ron has a brand new book out called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. If you are looking for a devotional book to kind of kick off 2023, this is an excellent 40-day journey into the humanity of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and, and walking uh, with the Lord. Ron, 
who has, I mean, I, I can ask you the musical question, who are your musical influences? You kind of alluded to some of them um, earlier in our conversation, but talk about the heroes of the faith for you. Who do you read? Who inspires you with their their preaching? Um, you know, give us kind of a, a little bit of background as to what, I mean, because you are looking at the media side of it a bit more sophisticatedly than the rest of us are, because that's your profession. But who who really kind of gets your spiritual juices going, if you will? Uh, of course, I, I've always loved C.S. Lewis ever since I was eight years old and I read Narnia, yeah. right? And mm -hmm, and sure. then, th then through my, you know, teens and 20s, I was I was voraciously devouring, you know, screw tape letters and the great divorce and mere Christianity and, you know, and uh, experiment and criticism, all his other works. And then in my 30s, I'd kind of gone through most of Lewis's works, except like studies in medieval and renaissance literature i've never mm -hmm. read that one but yeah, like yeah. you know so i'd read through all his and i'd heard him mention george mcdonald so many times that i finally went i'm going to read george mcdonald of course i read a couple books by george mcdonald and i bought the entire johannesson set of hardback george mcdonald oh complete you know i just went i'm going to read this guy for the rest of my life right so george <laughs> mcdonald uh and then early on for me aw tozer who's a bit like James shooting from the hip, you know, right. right. Uh, yeah. I love Tozer, A.B. Simpson, Christ in You, mm -hmm. uh, Major Ian Thomas. I like, I like the writers that point you, and Lewis is like this, something beyond morality. Lewis even says it mm -hmm. in Christianity. He says, you know, in the end, it's going to, we're going to find that, you know, morality and duty, this is like, we're going to be led into something beyond all that. And, you know, that's what that's really what the gospel is. It's something beyond morality and duty. It's actually yeah. a life that comes to reside inside you that is the source of love and goodness. So you can love and be good, be a good person. Right. Yes. Yeah. So and so I'm trying to think of anybody else. Jean Guillon is a, a French and the word is much maligned, but she's one of the French mystics. But in the sense of simply saying you can have a relationship with Jesus inside you. Mm -hmm. right? I love that. You know, yeah. Ron, we're talking with Ron Block today here on The Bottom Line, uh, he, one of the founding member of Allison Krauss and Union Station, longtime member. What, give longtime member. Longtime member. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yep. Uh, who's the easiest member of Union Station to get along with besides you? Because obviously you're the easiest one to get along with. Oh, I'm not, I haven't always been easy to get along <laughs> with. I'm, I feel like I'm a lot easier these days. Uh -huh. uh, in the early days, I had, I had my uh, ups and downs, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, Fair enough. Um, when you're on the road, I mean, is there a fellowship that you are? I mean, you mentioned Andrew Peterson is a great songwriter. Are, yeah. As you're traveling, is there, uh, you know, a, a fellowship of other believers that you're, you know, in fellowship with? I mean, writing songs, just encouraging each other? Yeah, just... yeah. There's, I have lots of people that I call, and then there's some of us on the road. And, you know, it just depends on, uh, you know, the the situation or the you know like generally generally i just kind of like each day on the road i get up and go i think i'll exercise and i sound check is at three or four so mm -hmm. okay i got yeah. plenty of time you know and then i just kind of go study and read and pray mm -hmm. and and i might call i might call friends but you know i'll call my wife and my wife and i talk a lot about spiritual topics like mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. we're talking about stuff so yeah that's exciting that's encouraging yeah. well we've got a couple moments left in our conversation conversation with Ron Block, a musician, author, a scholar, theologian, and uh, the author of the brand new book called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. We've got a link for the book up at the bottom 
onlineshow.com. You will not be surprised at all by the fact that it has nothing but five-star ratings. And those aren't relatives of Ron's. I mean, those are actually certified <laughs> users. So maybe there are. I've got a few relatives who got in there and said, I'll give you a five-star. I can't even read this book, but I, I, I really... I really enjoyed it. Um, what do you hope? What do you hope our listeners get out of this once they're reading this devotional? I, I just a deeper understanding of how much God loves them, and not just loves them from up in heaven, but how God is present all around us. He's with us. He's inside us, and in every situation, He's in the other person as well. Mm, so, so. That. Because if God is omnipresent, you know, it begs the question, is he present everywhere at all times? Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask yourself, what does everywhere mean? It means he's, there's nowhere he is not. So if you're in a conversation with another person, you can know that God is with and in that other person. And you're, you can, I, I think somebody said appeal to the better angels of their nature. Mm-hmm. It's like so mm -hmm. so you can you can actually appeal to that to to the spirit that is working on the person mm. and 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 is capable of speaking to their minds. So oh, so it, it changes relationships, it changes situations, it changes how we view our finances, it changes it changes fear because we if we really go okay God you are present, you're with me you're in me, you're capable of give me, giving me ideas to earn a living, you're capable of healing my relationships, so I'm going to trust you to do that. When we do that, we suddenly relax a little, and then we're more able to hear what he has to say to us. That's kind of what I want to give out of this book. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure you're going to find that as a reader when you check it out, Ron Block's brand new book called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. In addition to his socials, we can find you at ronblock.com as well. Yep, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, how many days will you be on the road in 2023? I, you know, not very many, actually. Since the since 2020, you know, and, and a bunch of Allison shows got canceled. Uh, since 2020, I I went on a tour last year uh, for five weeks in the UK, all the way from the top to the bottom, and then in Ireland in October, and that was it. So this year, uh, I'm heading over there in about a week, uh, be there just for a week, and then I think I'm going back over in October. So okay, all right. Yeah. Well, other than that, yeah. other than that, I'm uh, making uh, banjo teaching materials. Uh, and guitar teaching materials and recording and uh, got some great projects coming up. So any new books on the horizon? Yeah, I'm thinking, no, just just some thoughts about it in the general direction. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that goes, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a follow up based on what I'm seeing sales wise, but uh, I can't tell you what to do. I mean, that's that's between <laughs> you and God, Ron Block. So <laughs> we're, we're hoping. We're hoping that the timing on that works out well. Ron well, he, Block from Allison Krauss and Union Station. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say he, you know, God dropped that whole thing in my lap anyway. So I think he was just tired of waiting. <laughs> so he was like, okay, okay, Ron, I'm going to have Moody call you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're being a baby. You're being well, a baby. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's always it's always nice when somebody reaches out and says, "Hey, have you thought about this?" No, it's great. You, it was wonderful. You know, get get 
instead of getting bloody knuckles from all the doors you've knocked on and yeah, you know, yeah. broken noses from getting your door closed in your face. So yep. good for you for that. Ron Block, a guitarist banjoist with Alice Krauss and Union Station, a great man of God and a wonderful brand new devotional book called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ron, great to get to know you and spend some time with you. Appreciate you being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks so much, Roger. I had a great time. Oh, my goodness. So much fun. And what a great Good News Friday conversation. Sorry it had to end, but hopefully we'll get Ron uh, back on the program again soon, especially the next time he's in Southern California. Ron Block of Allison Krauss at Union Station, great guitarist, banjoist, singer-songwriter. Any of the faith-based songs that you hear in Allison Krauss at Union Station, there's a good chance Ron wrote them. Uh, his brand-new devotional book is called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And since this is a celebratory Good News Friday. We've got three copies of the book to give away, so your chance of winning, the odds just went up dramatically. Give Crystal a call right now, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Ron Block of Allison Krauss and Union Station. The book is called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. Three copies to give away, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, it is Good News Friday. It's also Sanctity of Life Day. And uh, coming up, we're going to take a look at some statistics that are rather sobering with regard to the sanctity of human life. But they're numbers that, if we're going to be honest about why we fight so hard to protect both mother and child in a pregnancy, uh, finding out where the U.S. ranks in terms of abortion laws and protection for preborn child, uh, well, the, these numbers are rather staggering. But if we're going to get an honest assessment, we've got to take a look at them. We'll do so coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Ron Block. Oh, my goodness. Ron Block of Allison Krauss and Union Station, one of my favorite all-time bluegrass groups. And I kind of stalk Ron, as you heard me mention. Uh, I find him on social media. Like he pulled out that 1930 Martin guitar and started playing these great hymn tunes. And I was hooked. Um, great man of influence, 14-time Grammy Award winner but also a great man of faith. And his new devotional book is called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com and three copies of the book to give away right now. Crystal's taking your calls at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Fascinating uh, list put together of statistics culled, uh, if you will, by the Guttmacher Institute. Now, Guttmacher used to be the uh, PR part of Planned Parenthood. And they decided it would give them a little more credibility if they were named after somebody else. So a lot of people don't know that Guttmacher Institute is basically the PR mouthpiece for Planned Parenthood. But nonetheless, this, this is, these are statistics from the Guttmacher Institute with regard to abortion in the United, or the United States versus the rest of the world. And it's very interesting to see what kind of quote-unquote protections there are. Anytime you talk to somebody who's pro-abortion, the number one thing they'll talk about is women, right? Women's rights, women's health, women's right to choose, keep, you know, don't let the government tell me what to do unless it's putting a jab in my body, you know, that whole bit. I won't list the entire number of uh, countries here that we're going to look at in there. I won't go through the entire list because it's really long and you don't want to hear me read the phone book to you. But it's very interesting to take a look. Guttmacher Institute put together a list where they took a look at protections for children, for preborn children 
and whether or not they they take into consideration uh, the life and physical health of the mother. They take in terms of fetal abnormalities, societal economic uh, exceptions, things of that nature. And then t finally took a look at the countries where the child basically has no protection. And when you look at a place like the United States, overturning Roe versus Wade was you know, a big deal on the federal level, but still half of the states in the U.S. do have a provision for aborting a child. And the other half of the states find themselves in the pre precarious situation of being like Texas. We were discussing this the other day on the program. The fact that in Texas, surgical abortion has been made illegal you know, after the heartbeat of the baby's been detected. Um, in August of 2022, there were only three surgical abortions that happened in the entire state compared to three or 4,000 that happened during the same time a year ago. But the medical abortion, the mifepristone pill, the two-pill approach that basically the first pill starves the baby, second pill forces the uh, uh, getting rid of the, the, the child's remains, um, that wasn't impacted by the heartbeat bill. Women could still go online. They could find a doctor in a different state. Now you've got CVS and Walgreens saying, yeah, if the doctor in a different state wants to fire over a uh, prescription, We'll go ahead and fill it so you don't have to even go to the doctor's office. You can just stop by here and pick it up. This list from Guttmacher is interesting because I mentioned, you know, there's the preborn child covered every stage of development, preborn child covered but socioeconomic factors taken into account, mom's health, and then there are certain nations that protect an unborn child after 14 weeks, and there are quite a few of those. There are certain nations that protect an unborn child after 24 weeks, so no third trimester abortions. And then there are countries that have absolutely no protections for unborn children because of these workarounds, as it were. Some of the big names that you'll find uh, you know, protecting kids at every stage of life are predictable, but the countries that don't have any real protection for unborn children include one that you're very familiar with. I'll take a look at that list coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Sanctity of Life Sunday coming up. Of course, this Sunday marks the 50th anniversary of the passage of Roe versus Wade and the first time in the U.S. that we are celebrating the fact that Roe versus Wade is no longer the law of the federal land, either as Planned Parenthood versus Casey. They were replaced by Dobbs versus Jackson, which provides protections for the unborn post-15 weeks of gestation. Our friends at uh, Preborn have been doing a great work about educating and helping women who are pregnant to find out what their true options are. The abortion clinics will not tell you, and that's by giving you an ultrasound, <laughs> a free ultrasound, as a matter of fact. Your $28 donation to Preborn right now makes that possible. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. A $2,800 donation saves 100 kids through uh, 100 ultrasounds. And a $15,000 donation provides an ultrasound machine for a pregnancy resource health center. So make that donation today, especially this weekend being Sanctity of Life weekend. Okay, preborn kids protected from conception with no exceptions except for the life or health of the mother. Egypt, El Salvador, the Bahamas, Nigeria, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Uganda. There are several others. We'll put this list up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, fetal abnormality, rape, incest exceptions, you've got Brazil, Cameroon, Ecuador, Iran, Sudan, okay. Uh, 
Preborn children uh, protected except for mental health or socioeconomic exceptions. That's Israel, Japan, Colombia, uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Taiwan, the UK. Okay. Uh, protecting unborn children after the first trimester is complete. That's Argentina, Australia, uh, Bulgaria, Cambodia, Denmark, Italy, Ireland, Greece, Germany. Protection for the child after 24 weeks, Iceland, Netherlands, New Zealand, Singapore, Sweden. Remember, was it Iceland that is aborting kids who test positive for Down syndrome in the womb? But even there, you cannot abort a child after 24 weeks. The only nations that have no protections for unborn children on a national level. Just because Roe versus Wade was overturned, it doesn't mean it was replaced with the law that protects the preborn on a national level here in the U.S. So Canada, China, Vietnam, North Korea, South Korea, and the United States of America. Land of liberty. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, right? What a stinking pile of... Mm. The United States and North Korea and China. We go on and on about the abortion laws in China, the one-child policy, the two-child policy, et cetera, et cetera. How horrible it is to be in China. Why is the U.S. on this list? Why is Canada on the list? The pre-born child has no protection on a national level in these countries. Why is that? Maybe, just maybe, with some positive influence from pro-life lawmakers, we'll see some change. But first and foremost, it takes us as people of prayer and of people of action. Lord, we praise you for the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the fact that the federal mandate to provide abortions is no longer the law of the land. But we know that this is still the law of the land in many states, and it's still on the minds of a lot of people who think that this is somehow good for our nation. Father, we repent of this sin, and we pray that more people like organizations like Preborn would be stepping up and equipped to do the good work you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we've still got a couple copies and a couple minutes left for you to call in to get your copy of Ron Block's new devotional book called Abiding Dependence, Living Moment by Moment in the Love of God, written by the guitarist and banjo player from Allison Krauss and Union Station. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And Rabbi Schneider, coming up next. Uh, for those who remain on the network, a very special case for our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, taking a look at a pro-life example of someone who was praying for repentance and wound up losing his job as a result. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome back to or welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I always say welcome back to or welcome to uh, to start this final half hour of the program because if you listen to the whole 90-minute broadcast, you know that the 4 to 4.30 Pacific, 5 to 5.30 Mountain Time is, in fact, the, uh, uh, the tail end of the program. Uh, if But a lot of people are just getting off work right now, and this is the half hour you get to listen to live, and then you go back and listen to the podcast at uh, rogermarsh.com or thebottomlineshow.com or Spotify or TuneIn or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcast has it there, too. So welcome back. It is a Good News Friday, and the good news that we are celebrating today is ordinarily this would have been that show where I'd say, gosh, I wish there was good news and maybe there's some laws that are being changed or whatever, but Roe versus Wade is still the law of the land here in the U.S., and as a result, we are still praying to see it end. Well, <laughs> January 22, 1973, 
50 years ago this Sunday, Roe versus Wade was established by the Supreme Court when they invented the constitutional right to an abortion. Since then, there's been a lot of misinformation, and quite frankly, you know, the people who are on the left who are so concerned about misinformation about COVID or abortion or this, that, and the other thing have been spreading misinformation about this very issue for years. I mean, during the last election cycle, how many people were told, if you don't vote, democracy's at stake because the Supreme Court's taking away your rights, this constitutional right. Well, the Supreme Court invented that right in the first place. All this Supreme Court did was correct a wrong that the Supreme Court of 1973 enacted. Trust me, I'm not a lawyer, but when you read a lot and you study a lot, you find out, hey, wait a minute. Not everything that you see in the mainstream news, and I'm not saying that it's just CNN and MSNBC, and but put Fox in there too and hold One American News and Newsmax. I mean, hold everybody accountable. I mean, Lord knows, I hear from enough bottom line listeners saying, hey, are you sure you meant that? Because, and they'll include some kind of link. By the way, it does, it does help a lot. If you do have a, a conflicting or a different viewpoint about something we've discussed here on the program, one thing that we are committed to doing, if you go to thebottomlineshow.com, you can click on a story that there's also an articles section too where you'll find links to videos and articles and things that are all of the source material that we have. And, and when you see that one article, and you think, well, that was just one article and it's from Fox News and I don't like them or it's CNN and I don't like them. Look for the color keys that are in the article. I mean, I don't mean to be pedantic, but those are called hyperlinks. And what they do is they link you to the full study or the actual it's, entire speech or whatever it was. And it gives you a chance to just kind of read up. I love it when people will you know, call in sometimes. They'll say, hey, I was reading the article you're talking about right now. And I'm like, good, good. Let's let's have that discussion. There's nothing worse than people thinking they're well-informed when they've just kind of been told what's easiest to memorize and then regurgitate. When it comes to the sanctity of human life issue, last hour we were discussing the number of nations. The Gumbacher Institute, the uh, publicity arm of Planned Parenthood, actually acknowledged the number of nations that have uh, some kind of ban on abortion and uh, nationwide on a national level. Now, if you come to the U.S., the fact that the U.S. is on the list from the Gutmacher Institute that says there's no ban, there's no real protection for the pre-born in the U.S., that is acknowledging the fact that, well, there is a, uh, a ban of sorts in the states that have them and have enacted them, but on a national level, there is no ban. Roe versus Wade an, a, established precedent for the federal government to recognize that abortion was legal in the country, but they did so kind of under false pretenses, and so the Supreme Court last summer kind of corrected that spot. And in doing so, that basically they did not, and to their credit, they did not do what leftist judges do. The high court did not, and I repeat, did not say, because we are removing Roe versus Wade because it was, you know, it's basically unconstitutional. We are now enacting a national law that says abortion is illegal in all 50 states of the District of Columbia. Now, it's a small point to make, but it's a huge impact. Oftentimes, what you'll hear from the left is, we're concerned about these conservative justices because they're going to make us a theocracy, and, and they're going to... Trust me, if you look at any kind of judicial activism, and what judicial activism is simply defined as, we have three branches of government. We have the legislative, judicial, and executive. The legislative are, are legislators. They do the legal stuff. They write the laws. 
They propose the bills. They get passed, and you know, they, usually your state government has two chambers: a state assembly and a state senate, or a house of representatives and state senate. And then it goes to the governor's desk for signing. That's where the contract, if if you will, is executed. On the national level, of course, you got a spending bill that originates in the House of Representatives. They send their version after they pass it to the Senate. The U.S. Senate comes up with their version of it. They pass that. If it's different than the House bill, they send it back to the House. House has to agree to that. And then they send it to the president. And the chief executive of the United States of America signs the bill. The law is enacted. And then people can bring a challenge. Hey, wait, that law doesn't seem right to me, or this, that, and the other thing. They'll hire attorneys, put a legal team together. They'll challenge it in court. They'll challenge it at a lower court, then an appellate court, then a circuit court, after the district court. And eventually, it might find its way to the Supreme Court. Something like 75 or 80 cases get heard by the high court every year. There are tens of thousands of cases that are submitted. So the Dobbs versus Jackson case in Mississippi was huge in that Mississippi was trying to uphold a 15-week ban on abortion after 15 weeks. And an abortion clinic was saying, we don't think that's right. We should be able to do more. Even though they would argue that, and, and rightfully so, that the vast majority of abortions in this country happen at 13 weeks or sooner. But the left is beholden to having abortion whenever you want to have it. And so what do you get? Well, the, the, the high court came in here and basically they took away your constitutional rights, so they're legislating from the bench. Well, that's their opinion. That's the opinion of leftists. I had this perfectly figured out and then you guys took away my right. But go back and look at the case history, maybe the last 10, 15 years, when it comes to same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage, for example. And look at the cases where a gay couple went to a florist or a bakery or a wedding planner or a church or a wedding venue or something like that and said, we want to get, quote, unquote, married. And the venue operator or the business owner or whatever said, look, we don't do that. And then it would go before a judge. And what would the judge do? The judge would say, you know what? Uh, I think that you're denying them their civil rights, and therefore I'm establishing same-sex marriage in my state. No, that's not your job. Your job is to rule on the case and say, I find in favor of the plaintiff or I find in favor of the defendant. And then based on the judge's ruling, then it goes back to the legislative body and they're the ones who have to come up with the law. But a lot of the so-called law for LGBTQ rights and passage, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it happened on the judicial level where judges basically invented law from the bench. And the reason the left was so concerned about Justice Alito at all overturning Roe versus Wade was they were afraid that then there would be a federal ban on abortion. They're taking away your democracy. Our democracy is at risk. But you know what they did? They did what they're supposed to do. They ruled, six to three, that Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey were not constitutional law because the justices did not have the authority to establish it. And so what happened next? Did they ban abortion? No. The decision set the, the, all of those cases back to the local states and said, now you revert back to the state law. What does your state law say about abortion? Some states, like the People's Republic of California and the People's Republic of Colorado and the People's Republic of Connecticut and Vermont, passed 
this gargantuan, draconian, huge, sweeping abortion, whatever you want to, and will encourage abortion tourism laws that are now enshrined, codified into law. You heard President Biden's uh, uh, press secretary, was it just yesterday, I believe, talking about the fact that it's, it's more important now than ever before, you know, and January 22nd, this Sunday, we're going to be making speeches and we're going to be, you know, holding rallies and and we've got to codify abortion into federal law. And that's still a very strong possibility. But as it stands right now, that battle can be fought legally, properly, through the right channels. As long as, A, people who are facing an unplanned pregnancy, for example, get the right information. They get it from a place like preborn preborn health clinic you go in you get a free pregnancy test you get a free ultrasound and then you're told these are your options this is about how far along you are uh, here's a rec- recommendation for an OBGYN in your area here's a referral for an adoption agency if you want to place the child up for adoption and you know what you can find an abortion clinic if abortion is legal in this that state California abortion is big business I encourage a donation to preborn because Uh, Quite frankly, they do spectacular work on the education side and on the ministry side, too. Literally 10,000 women last year went to preborn clinics, got ultrasounds, and, oh, by the way, wound up giving their hearts to the Lord. 833-850-BABY is the number to call today of all days, Sanctity of Life Day. Good News Friday here at the Bottom Line Show. Make a donation. Make a tax-deductible donation. How many kids do you have? How many grandkids do you have? I mean, in our family, it was easy. We've made a couple of contributions to preborn, and we did so using the same metric. We have six children, and we have four grandchildren. So that's an easy that's an easy call. We could do that math pretty easily. It's twenty-eight dollars per child. You got ten kids and grandkids, or maybe you want to do a hundred kids dollars per grandchild. You, it's up to you and God. Eight three three eight five zero baby. Eight three three eight five zero two 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 nine for preborn. Or go to rogermarsh.com or thebottomlineshow.com. Click on the preborn banner and make your best donation today. As we continue, the fight for human life, I mean, abortion is not a one-and-done proposition. The left would like you to believe that when you have an abortion, that's it. The problem goes away, the pain doesn't stay. And it really doesn't impact men. That's another big lie that's happening. Uh, As we continue, I want to share the story with you about a young man who wound up losing his job because he was praying to end abortion in his town. And what's very interesting about this is this is a guy who's a military veteran. This is a guy who was praying, knowing the sting of abortion so well. Basically, he was fined for a silent prayer that he prayed in front of an abortion clinic 22 years after he paid for an abortion for the son he never got to hold. I'll tell you his story coming up next as the bottom line continues. Hey, if you're in the baby boom generation or in Generation X, even if you're in the greatest generation, and you're wondering why your pension isn't holding up, you're wondering why your 401k or IRA is about to fall apart, I want to invite you to a special free event that will answer all those questions and help you redirect your financial footing. Are you interested? Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services is hosting a free screening of the outstanding new documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's an expose of the pension and retirement fund system and basically helps you to 
avoid the pitfalls that many Americans make when they're investing their money into long-term savings for their retirement. The tickets are free. The screening is coming up on January 21st at 11.30 a.m. at the Gem Theater right here in Garden Grove. But here's the catch. You have to call Wilson Financial to reserve your tickets while they're still available. There are at least 50 seats left for this 100-seat intimate screening, and I want you to have them. Call Dennis right now at 800-696-9970, or drop us a line here at the Bottom Line Show and K-Bright Radio, 800-227-5278. Make your plans to be with us on January 21st, Saturday, 11.30 a.m. at the Gem Theater in Garden Grove to watch Dennis Wilson and the presentation of the Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's going to save your retirement for sure. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good news, of course, is that abortion is no longer federal uh, mandate, if you will, here in the U.S. But the U.S., unfortunately, is one of six nations where uh, abortion basically means there's no protection for the preborn child at any season of life on a federal level. Even Sweden, even Iceland, Iceland, you know, the one that, where they abort kids who are diagnosed, they, mom has an amniocentesis, and they determine that the child may have Down syndrome, and they just basically automatically recommend an abortion. Um, yeah, even Iceland does not allow abortion after 24 weeks. Interestingly enough, though, when you look at other parts of the world, a lot of nations have protections for kids after the first trimester, after 14 weeks. And in the United Kingdom, unborn children are protected unless it is determined that they have a mental health issue or there's a socioeconomic exception. And, of course, the mental health thing you can't really tell on the baby side. That's more for mom. But the UK is one of those nations that protects unborn children, except if the mental health or socioeconomic exception for the mom is enacted. It's interesting how many people will make that uh, determination, that that's what they need to do. And then afterwards, they realize, hey, this is something that I did because I was told these are my only options. You can't really afford it. You're not really a good mental place to do this. And then dad might be the one who's kind of uh, driving this here. There's a guy by the name of Adam Smith Connor who lives in Bournemouth in uh, the UK. And he is facing a pretty serious penalty, a fine at least, and the potential loss of his job, a military veteran. Basically, here's what happened. There's an abortion facility on Ophir Road in Bournemouth. And Adam Smith Connor went out back in October of last year and he stood near the abortion facility where he had convinced the boy's mother, the young boy that she was carrying, to have an abortion. And so he went to the abortion clinic, and basically he was offering a silent prayer. Now, a lot of times, a pro-life activists will go out in front of a place, and they'll hold up a sign, and they'll pray, and sometimes they'll pray out loud. I've seen our Catholic friends you know, go out and pray the rosary in front of a, uh, an abortion clinic, or people will sing songs, they'll hold signs, they'll wave at people on the street corner. I've been that guy, especially with the 40 Days for Life campaign. But here's a man with no signage, no big demonstration. As a matter of fact, he was on a public street and stood in near the abortion clinic, not directly in front of it. He wasn't trying to keep people from going into it. He just Basically, had, he had his back to the clinic because he didn't want people who were working inside 
to you know think that he was some kind of crazy person. And there's video footage that our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom uh, have made available to us that we're going to put up at thebottomlineshow.com. It said basically he was approached by a uh, community safety officer. I guess I don't... I, community safety accredited officer. Not really a police officer, but someone who was doing uh, safety security for the abortion clinic. Um, there's video of him praying and when the officer approached him and said asked what he was doing uh, Adam Smith Connor said I'm praying for my son who is deceased unbeknownst to Mr. Smith Connor there has been a censorship zone or what was called a buffer zone out in front of and around all the abortion clinics local authorities used a public spaces protection order uh, to basically criminalize an act or an attempted act of approval or disapproval with respect to issues related to abortion services by any means. This inc- I'm reading from the order now. This includes, but is not limited to, graphic, verbal, or written means, prayer, or counseling within the area surrounding the abortion facility. The PSPO further prohibits religious acts, including reading scripture or making a cross on yourself. There's a link here at thebottomlineshow.com if you want to read what the entire PSPO, uh, the Public Spaces Protection Order, actually entails. Now, when he was approached, there was no sign, there was no singing, there was no, there were no really religious symbols. He wasn't crossing himself, he wasn't praying the rosary or anything like that. He was, he, there was no Bible, he wasn't reading scripture. He was praying silently. But prayer is a violation of the PSPO, so he was fined. And basically he was fined simply based on the fact that when the officer came up and asked him what happened or what he was doing, he said, I'm praying for my son who is deceased. So spring into action are accomplices at the Alliance Defending Freedom. And this is their UK chapter. Basically, um, here's the, uh, uh, the statement from uh, Alliance Defending Freedom UK. Nobody should be criminalized for what they believe, especially not when they express that belief silently in the privacy of their own minds. Just like in the case of Isabel Von Spruce last month, Adam Smith Connor now could face prosecution for holding thoughts and lifting those thoughts to God in prayer within what was determined to be a censorship zone. Upon learning that he was praying for his late son, the council officer responded, well, I'm sorry for your loss, but ultimately I have to go along with the guidances. And then really gets all legal on him. Uh, says the public space protection order say that we are in belief that therefore you are in breach of clause 4A. Um, when he was, when he said, look, I'm just standing, praying. The officer said, I do understand, but the PSPO is in place for a reason and we have to follow through with the regulations. Here's what Adam Smith Connor's story is. He said, look, 22 years ago, I drove my now ex-girlfriend to a facility and I paid for her to have an abortion. It was a pivotal moment in my life. The consequences of my actions that day came back to grieve me years later when I realized I had lost my son Jacob to an abortion that I paid for. Recently, I stood outside a similar facility and prayed to God for my son and for other babies who have lost their lives to abortion, for their grieving families, and also for the abortion clinic staff. I never would have imagined that I'd be in a position to risk a criminal record for silent prayer. 
In the past, I assisted with abortions in hospital as part of my army medical training. But now I pray for those who perform abortions because I realize how harmful abortion is to women and families and that every single human life is valuable, no matter how small. Most of all, and hear this part, I am moved to pray because what happened to my son, Jacob. Oh my, what a what a powerful testimony and a man of God that we uh, need to keep in prayer. Adam Smith Connor, an army veteran uh, who worked as a medic and part of his army training actually even had him assisting in abortions. But 22 years ago, his girlfriend, who is now his ex-girlfriend, uh, was pregnant. They were far enough along with the pregnancy to know that this was a boy they were carrying and they were far enough along to know they wanted to call him Jacob. But Adam encouraged, coerced his girlfriend to have an abortion, and now Jacob is with the Lord. And 22 years later, his dad is still haunted by this. I'm so grateful for Alliance Defending Freedom's international office of the UK, who is making a difference here uh, and standing up for this Army veteran who's facing a fine. But you know that if they have a chance to take this further, they will. And I'm glad that Adam reached out proactively to Alliance Defending Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom is an outstanding organization. I can't stress this enough. When you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, you can reach out to Alliance Defending Freedom and support them. Support a guy like Adam Smith Connor, who is facing potential jail time for the quote-unquote crime of regretting paying for an abortion 22 years ago, still carrying the memory of his son with him. Imagining what it would be like to have a 22-year-old son to, you know, be leading and encouraging in life and praying that prayer silently in front of an abortion clinic. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net right now here, especially on this Sanctity of Life weekend, and give a gift in support of the ministry that they have supporting people like Adam Smith Connor, our brother in the UK, who's facing potential jail time simply for praying silently in front of an abortion clinic. CrawfordMediaGroup.net is the best place to go and make your donation online. Some final thoughts about the sanctity of human life on this Good News Friday coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Always good news when we get to celebrate good pro-life reports. And, of course, the fact that this is the first... Uh, March for Life that happened today in the post-Roe versus Wade era. 
day that we never thought we would see coming. Quite frankly, it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And even with a very pro-life president and a conservative pro-life majority in Congress, they couldn't get bills through that uh, would do enough for this. But the Dobbs versus Jackson case coming before the Supreme Court last year was huge. And instead of now January 22nd, 1973, where we have to keep marking the fact that uh, abortion was made legal on a federal level thanks to a constitutional intervention by the Supreme Court that basically invented that right, on the 24th of June, 2022, uh, the high court got it right and reversed that decision. So now it is still an issue for the states to decide. And approximately half the U.S. states have uh, laws protecting abortion rights, as they say. And the other half of the states are now being targeted pretty heavily by those states saying, make this a vacation destination for abortion. Your insurance company will reimburse your travel costs. Um, and then if you want to do this over the phone or do it through Zoom or whatever, we can just go ahead and send the abortion pill to your local pharmacy and you can pick it up that way. So there are still ways that people can do workarounds, if you will. But our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, in the case of Adam Smith Connor in the UK, a man who's currently facing the potential for prison time, he's been fined already, but the potential for prison time simply because he was offering a silent prayer in front of an abortion clinic, remembering his son, Jacob, who would be 22 right now. 22 years ago, Adam convinced his then girlfriend to have an abortion, and he's had regrets from it ever since. Alliance Defending Freedom is handling Adam's case, and I encourage you to make a tax-deductible donation today in honor of the Sanctity of Human Life weekend and the March for Life. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or call 877-367-6461. Make a $100 donation. Here's an idea. How about $10 for every year uh, of Adam's grief? A $220 donation in support of Adam Smith-Connor on behalf of his son Jacob. And his dad's crime, he's repented of his sin and the involvement that he had in the abortion industry. His only crime now was praying in public, silently. Only between him and God. And yet, brothers and sisters, this is the world we're living in right now. This is why a group like Alliance Defending Freedom is so important, because there's going to come that point. I think of the hundreds of times I've driven past an abortion clinic and prayed, or stopped in a parking lot and prayed for the people who are in there, for the abortionists, to pray that God would change their minds, for the women who are in the babies whose lives who hangs in the balance. And I wonder now if we've come to a point where my car in the parking lot, just me sitting there and praying silently to myself, would constitute a crime. God bless the Alliance Defending Freedom and the work they're doing to protect the sanctity of human life for you and for me, and your donations make that possible when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Well, for the first time on Sanctity of Life weekend, happy post-Roe versus Wade. That is good news, but ultimately the good news of the gospel is that not only has your life been spared, but your sins have been forgiven, and the new life that's promised to you is yours forever through Jesus Christ. That is the good news indeed, and that's the bottom line.